Welcome to the Plant Witch Podcast, where we enter together into the web of life in all of its many seen and unseen dimensions. I'm Erin Schrader, owner of the Rebel Herbalist, and it is my honor to hold this portal to the other world. Let's enter, shall we? Welcome to Season 2, Episode 2 of the Plant Witch Podcast. Last week we had a really wonderful conversation with Amy Blackthorn of the Blackthorn Grove Podcast and Blackthorn's Botanicals. If you missed that one, make sure you check that out. We had a hard conversation about working with plant spirits magically in a consumer culture and the ways we can honor the integrity of the plants and the integrity of our practice. So make sure you check that one out. So my plans for this week got a little bit turned around based on a few experiences I've had in the past few days, especially this morning. I walked outside into the grove Um, which is what we call the land we live on here. Um, And there was a fairy ring right outside the door. A fairy ring is a circle of mushrooms that has been um, said to be a portal to the fairy world or remnants of fairy dance that happened overnight or a thin place where you can connect to the other worlds. A few days ago, I had a powerful experience with a land spirit here in the grove. That, coupled with a few other things and the appearance of this fairy ring, has changed my plans for today's episode, and we will be talking about nature spirits today. And the world of the of the nature spirits or the fae or the she a few days ago i was feeling really really um, personally affected by the ecological collapse that is happening all around the world but it's becoming really clear here where we live in south central pennsylvania We live in the hills that are sort of the remnants of the Appalachian Mountains here in Pennsylvania. The Appalachians are very, very old mountains. And so um, in some parts of the country, especially in the south and the north, um, the mountains are still large and filled with prowess. But here in Pennsylvania, our mountains are... Um, in this part of Pennsylvania, they're, they're very eroded. So they're more like hills in the part of the country where I live in the part of the state where I live. And this part of the state has been heavily influenced by agriculture for a few hundred years now. And in the past hundred or so years has been heavily impacted by chemical agriculture. And so we have seen many blights um, of the trees. We have seen 
uh, chronic wasting disease of the deer. We have seen uh, avian pox. Um, we're currently in the midst of a contagious, what they think is viral, illness of songbirds. That's the source has not been located yet, but many songbirds are sick and dying. Um, we are in the midst of an oak die-off in this part of Pennsylvania. Many healthy old oak trees are suddenly dying in clusters, and the reason is unknown. There are far fewer crickets than other summers, far fewer bats than we are used to seeing. So it's just really clear that our ecological web is frayed and has been deeply impacted by human activity. And so with the weight of all of that, I went out into the forest here. I live on about three and a half acres of secondary growth forest. This whole land was farm fields. But at some point, uh, about 50 years ago, this parcel of land was allowed to return to forest as part of the subdivision of the farm. This is something that's very common in this part of Pennsylvania. Farm families get out of the industry of farming or they decrease the amount of land they're farming. And so they parcel off pieces of that land as subdivisions and they sell those pieces of land for development. And so the, the land where we live on was sold um, to be built into a, another home. And so we have about five or six old growth trees that were here even when it was a farm. So they're a few hundred years old. But most of the trees here are 40 to 50 years old. So not, not huge trees for sure. But one of the young oak trees here, you know, maybe 40, 50 year old oak tree, um, was showing some of the signs of this oak affliction that's been going on in Pennsylvania. There's clumping of brown leaves at the ends of the branches where it should be new growth for the year. The leaves are dying. So I went to the oak and I practice breathing with the oak, which is where I align my spine with the spine of the tree and we face each other and I put my forehead on the bark and I breathe deeply of the bark of the tree, allowing the trees pheromones and chemical signals to deeply penetrate my animal brain in ways that my modern brain can understand. And as we spent this time breathing together, I felt a really powerful ripple of energy moving out through the oak tree and through my body, like a pulse of energy. And then I sensed the presence of a spirit, a nature spirit come near me. And it felt like this nature spirit was connected to the oak tree. So maybe an oak guardian um, which may be why I also felt that pulse, almost like a, 
um, a scan, like the energy was scanning me or was repelling malevolent energy, like the oak's defenses were up. And this nature spirit came near me, moving in very strange, sort of disjointed ways, um, looking at me in a very animal-like way, you know, sort of from the side of one eye, the side of another eye, crooking its neck from side to side as it took in my whole countenance and really sort of examined me and my presence there, smelling the air around me. The creature was humanoid, but very small, um, long sort of straggly hair on its head and on its body as well, um, shorter hair on the body, and very wild eyes. And I could tell that this creature was not sure of the ways of humans or how to communicate with us. but was willing to come close enough, maybe out of curiosity or maybe to give the message that he gave. But after he sort of assessed me, he looked at me and he said, you are earth and sky, start acting like it. And he disappeared. And it left me with such grief. Um, It felt to me like he was saying, how do you not remember who you are? How do you humans forget that you are earth? You are of earth and you are sky. You are of the cosmos. How do you forget? And look what you're doing and you're forgetting. And so I stayed with the oak long after this guardian spirit had moved on. A few deer came by, moving slowly through the forest. It was rainy, so their senses were not as sharp, maybe, as they were hearing all the rain sounds, and the scents were changed by the wetness, and so I passed undetected by them and was able to watch them for a while and really felt the presence of Artemis, you know, the huntress there with me as the deer moved through and as the wild called And so I've been carrying this message. I am earth and sky. We are earth and sky. I received a hagstone from a friend in exchange for a bundle of comfrey that I brought her. And this hagstone was gifted to her by the, the beach that she was on. She found it there and she gifted it to me. And they say that gifted things hold more power and more magic than things we purchase. And so I'm just so eager to work with this hagstone, especially since the fairy ring appeared in the grove this morning. I'm just, just really feeling the nature spirits all around me. I started to think deeply about the fairy ring and what is that like what what does that mean um and if you've listened to my earlier podcasts you know that i have a a deep love and affinity for mushrooms for fungus for mycelium i believe that the mycelial mind is sort of the mind of the world that the roots of the mushrooms hold it all together 
and orchestrate a lot of life on earth. And so if the mycelium of these white button mushrooms have gathered in such a way at this place in the grove to send up their fruiting bodies in a circle in this place, what does that say? What does that mean? Well, we know the circle is an ancient symbol for wholeness, for completeness, for inclusion. So the, the mushroom rings are sort of like um, a version of crop circles, you know. <laughs> we don't really know what makes the crop circles, but I really like the idea that they are nature spirits sending messages through, with symbols into the minds of humans in order to connect with us and communicate with us. And I just wonder if the mycelium are doing the same sort of thing, getting our attention, reminding us we are whole. We are part of the circle. We, we are on this sphere that is earth with everything else, that it's sort of a sigil reminding us of our belonging and our connection. So the Fae, you know, these nature spirits connected to trees and waters and landscapes, lovers of mounds and caves and gemstones, they have been a part of the lore of not just Western European mythology and tradition, but also Native American, South American, Russian, you know, throughout the world, there are stories of these nature spirits, both malevolent and benevolent. But they are present, willing to connect with us, and holding deep truths. But we have turned our back on them. The story of the Celts, you know, is that the original people of Ireland were the she, S-I-D-H-E, and that they engaged in battle with the Celts, with the Irish. And when they saw that they were matched in battle, the she turned sideways into the light. They sort of just vanished. They went to a parallel reality. And they were beings of great light and great wisdom and great healing, having conquered the Fomorians, which were the sort of giants of of lore that were destructive and the forces of chaos. So the she were these sort of enlightened beings who had calmed the forces of chaos, the primordial, um, almost inhospitable forces of, of life on earth. And then the she became these invisible light beings who have been connected to the fairy realms and to the elves. And here in the United States, you know, being part of the Celtic Germanic diaspora, 
we are estranged from the land where the she had their primary residence. But I sense that their story is a universal one. That there are these sentient, ancient beings, like white buffalo calf woman, like, like Dakanawida of the Huron people who persuaded the Iroquois Confederacy to become peaceful. All over the world are stories of these shining beings who came to teach peace, to teach agriculture, to teach healing. Who is to say that these are not all the same sort of race of beings, the she, these shining ones who came to organize this world out of its chaotic origins and into a more harmonic and um, creative and beautiful sphere. I truly believe that as magical people, we are able to tap into, through our magic, through our consciousness, these great webs of being, the mycelial aliveness, the shining minds of the she, the oak guardians, our house spirits, and through aligning our intention with the intention of these great teachers to bring beauty, to bring harmony, to bring creativity, to heal the land, that we are able to work with these spirits. We have seen so much change here in the grove since we've lived here four years ago now. The land was choked with vines, stagnant water laid everywhere. The land was holding some sort of sickness upon it. We began making offerings to the land spirits regularly, walking barefoot, giving our blood, our hair, our urine, so the land would know us deeply. We began to listen really deeply and intentionally to what the land was asking of us. We removed vines and invasive species. We dammed runoff streams to slow their flow to keep the topsoil here. And in just four years, we've watched the trees come back from being choked out by vines to being strong and tall and growing exponentially every season. And as they've grown, the land has dried. So there's no longer standing water. Our wetlands are drying out a bit, but it's so much healthier for the soil here. The land showed me a place where something terrible had happened and I was able to work with the spirits of the land to do ritual and move that energy on, which has shifted the feeling of the place. I believe that humans are meant to be in this kind of intentional relationship with the land that we live on. It is reciprocal. The land nourishes us and we nourish the land. We are born of this place. We have arisen out of the land. We are not some alien invader 
that is in nature. We are nature. We are her fruiting body, just as the white button mushrooms in the fairy ring are the fruiting body of those mycelium. We are a fruiting body of the consciousness of earth itself. And making the leap back to deeply remembering that with the help of the she and the help of the streams and the help of the oaks will change the course that we're on. It's time to come back to life. Thank you for joining me for the Plant Witch Podcast. I'm your host, Erin Schrader. I'm an herbalist, a mother, a holistic nurse, and a practitioner of the ancient ways. You can connect with me between episodes at therebelherbalist.com or on Instagram and Facebook at The Rebel Herbalist. Thank you for joining me, and it's time to come back to life.